What has been Lindy Ruff's mindset the past couple days? Well, look no further than Nico Dawes and Scott Wedgwood. I'll be talking about what the Devils have been doing the past couple days. I'll be talking about the interesting line combination that they might be rolling with against the Calgary Flames. And speaking of Calgary, I'm a little concerned in our next matchup. What am I concerned about? Well, buckle up. I have a lot to discuss in this episode. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer Trey Matthews, and it's currently 11.20 p.m. Eastern Time, October 25th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, in the last game for the New Jersey Devils, they got the job done. They beat the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 2-1 to one in OT. So here are some of the main takeaways I took from this game, which was the New Jersey Devils basically listened to what I was talking about in Saturday morning's episode. So if you haven't checked that out, please give it a listen because I basically said in some post-game reactions, it looks like that Lindy Ruff was not happy with their last showing against the Washington Capitals. He said they played lethargic. They came out with no energy and he said that Jack Hughes being out was no longer an excuse and he said he would make uh, lineup changes accordingly. He did that in game and you know he might do that in practice, whatever the case might be. But basically, Lindy Ruff, Tom Fitzgerald, they're establishing themselves that they're not going to babysit these young guys. I know a lot of people just say like, let the kids play, let the kids make mistakes. But I'm just saying like where we're at in terms of just trying to be a legitimate hockey team, I don't think we can no longer just amount to that. I think we can do something better. And like I said, uh, the game against the Washington Capitals was going to be a challenge for the Devils. But, you know, I I said like they could have played better. I I knew it was going to be a tough one for them, but I didn't expect for them to play that poorly, especially after giving up two goals. You would think they would come out with uh, more sense of urgency against a very good team like the Capitals, because now we have a nine game losing streak, I believe, against them. So, you know, I, I said if they want any chance against the Buffalo Sabres, here are some predictions that I said in the last episode that I got correct, which was Nico Heizer needed to establish himself. Check. Nico Heizer was going to be the first person to score for the New Jersey Devils. Check. Uh, I said his line mates had to step up. Pavel Zaka got the game-winning goal in OT, albeit he was with Severson and Sharon Govich, but still, Zaka is on the line with Heizer and Brat, so I guess that counts as a check. And I also said the New Jersey Devils would win by one goal because I believe I said my final score prediction would be four to three in favor of the Devils. But you know what? I, I, I got the one goal differential correct. So check on that one. So there are some of my predictions that I was able to get correct. So I said Nico Heizer had to establish himself and that he was going to be the first one to score. And that was the X factor. And he was my player to look out for in the game against the Buffalo Sabres. And I'm glad I got that correct because basically what everyone was saying was that I we needed something more out of Nico Heizer and his line mates. And I also talked about Sharon Govich just like, you know, not being the same player that he was a season ago, which was, you know, by now he had his first goal of the season and it was a big one. It was the game winning goal against the Boston Bruins, but we haven't gotten that yet so far from him, albeit it's early and, you know, sometimes you run into those kind of 
kind of walls, but at the same time, it's just like I'm expecting a little bit more from him. But the fact that he got an assist on Zaka's game-winning goal, you know, I guess that's a start. And the same thing for Dougie Hamilton, albeit he was trying to take the shot himself and Nico Heizer was there on the rebound to knock it in. So, you know, at, at least Dougie Hamilton was credited with an assist on Nico Heizer's goal in period number three. And um, the thing about Dougie Hamilton, and in, this is completely subjective and this is just based on what I'm seeing. It seems like after Dougie Hamilton scored his first goal of the year against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks within the first like 17 or so seconds, we've kind of not really been talking about him lately in terms of his overall defensive impact and what he could do on the offensive end. It's just because, you know, after that, I don't think we've been seeing too much of Dougie Hamilton of late. And, you know, I said this uh, at the beginning of the year. I said if Dougie Hamilton gets off to a slow start to the season, then, you know, uh, I, I kind of expected that just because he's trying to get used to the New Jersey Devil system. He's trying to get used to his new bunch of teammates. And I just said, he's still young. This is going to be a seven-year project. We'll see how this works. But, you know, for the first four games of the year, Dougie Hamilton has one goal and one assist for a grand total of two points. And we all know he got his first goal in the first game of the year against the Blackhawks. And then he got an assist on Nico Heizer's uh, goal just a couple days ago. So the fact that, you know, we kind of have that big uh, day differential in terms of him getting a point kind of concerns me a little bit and you know his plus minus is only plus one so for Dougie Hamilton I'm just expecting a little bit more but we're only like four games into the year so I'm not going to just overstep anything I'm not going to over dramatize anything I'm just going to say uh, you know for Dougie Hamilton I, I, I'd say we need to keep an eye out for him just to see can he do a little bit more like I said his pass for Nico Heizer was unintentional it was not uh, meant to be but still the fact that you know he's credited with it I guess that has to be somewhat of a confidence booster and for Sharon Govich to get an assist on Pavel Zaka's goal hopefully that gets Sharon Govich going as well and now for Zaka's overall goal you know, he was set up beautifully by Severson. So I want to talk about that real quick because we know that the goal from Zaka was great, but the setup to get him open in the first place is what we need to talk about. And the fact that Severson basically fooled uh, two Sabres players into just, you know, kind of overstepping to guard him. And then the fact that um, uh, Severson was able to do a behind the back pass to Zaka and Zaka was essentially open in one of the face-off circles, fired off the shot and scored. I, I think that's pretty amazing. So, you know, the goal from Zaka was impressive, but let's not forget about the setup either. So the, the main takeaway I take from the Sabres and the Devils game, which was we gave the Sabres a battle and it wasn't the cleanest battle, but we got it done. And the one thing I said about my prediction for the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils game is that the Sabres really didn't play that hard of competition leading up to playing the Devils. Like, I believe the night before they played the Boston Bruins and they lost to the Bruins. I was just like, okay, that kind of brought them back down to earth. They got off to a 3-0 start. Now they're 3-1. Let's make them 3-2. and And let's just keep bringing them back down to earth because they got off to a great start, you know, going 3-0. But like I said, their schedule wasn't really the most difficult one, you know, based on what I was seeing. I even gave my explanations as to, you know, well, look what this other team did against this team. So, you know, maybe they got lucky here, whatever the case might be. But, you know, I just said the Buffalo Sabres, let's not overstep anything. I still don't think they're better than us. So let's give them some competition. And we did. And I got to give credit to our boys. And, you know, that game was, um, it, it was somewhat entertaining to watch. It, it was kind of frustrating for the first uh, two periods. But, you know, once Nico Heizer was able to score a goal for us, and that's what 
obviously got us going, but let's talk about another Nico, shall we? So Nico Heizer's overall impact was great, but let's talk about Nico Dawes, the rookie goalie for the New Jersey Devils who made his NHL debut against the Sabres that night. So just an amazing effort from that kid overall because we all know how Scott Wedgwood played in the last game against the Washington Capitals. So uh, with Jonathan Bernier and Mackenzie Blackwood still out for the Devils, we need all hands on deck because we've lost our starting goalie and our second string goalie. So we need all the help we could potentially get. And I think we found our third string goalie with Nico Dawes. Remember, Scott Wedgwood uh, has a two-way deal. So we could send him down to Utica if we wanted to. So for Nico Dawes, the fact that he saw 25 shots and saved 24 of them, and now he has a save percentage of 960, is pretty amazing. And, you know, the, the first goal he led up was in the first period to Dylan Cousins. And I, I just think that was uh, Smith and Hamilton just overcommitting a little bit and giving Cousins a clear, direct path to fire off a shot. And he made it one nothing Sabres. And that was also a power play opportunity for Buffalo. So I'm a little more lenient on when goalies give up power play goals just because it's not the goalie's fault that one of his skaters got a penalty so in that regards I don't think uh, Dawes was to blame because that was just a beautiful shot from Cousins and he located it beautifully and like I said just one nothing Sabres but that was the only time they scored it was in period number one I'm sure Dawes was a little nervous so maybe he just let it go past him because you know when, when you're playing in your first NHL game you know uh, the blood is rushing the adrenaline is rushing but once he started to settle down he made some nice saves and he kept the Devils in the game and you know they gave him an opportunity to win it by uh, Nico Heizer scoring in period number three and getting a power play goal and then uh, Pavel Zaka like I said closing the door in OT so uh, overall to finish the game uh, Dawes saw 25 shots, saved 24 of them, had a save percentage of 960, and that was just one hell of a debut for Nico Dawes. So it was the story of two Nikos. So Nico Heizer, our captain, and then Nico Dawes, our rookie goalie, stepping up. Now, why was Dawes given uh, the starting role over Scott Wedgwood in that case scenario? Because I don't think uh, Scott Wedgwood needed a break after one game. It, it goes back to what I was saying about Lindy Ruff, uh, you know, saying that Jack Hughes being out is no longer an excuse and that he will move players accordingly in, in terms of just effort and just overall determination. And I'll talk about that in a second. But first, I have to give you guys the first live read this morning, and it comes from Direct TV. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff well i want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your tv together it's called direct tv streaming it brings you live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct DirecTV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So as some of you might be aware, I usually like to read what Amanda Stein tweets out uh, during morning skates or whatever the case might be in terms of line combinations for the New Jersey Devils and what they most likely will roll with in their next matchup. I'll talk about that in a second, but first, I think we need to talk about Nico Dawes getting the nod over Scott Wedgwood because, like I said before the break, I don't think Scott Wedgwood was in need of a rest, but, you know, based on that performance, we needed to give him a rest, if you understand what I mean, because Scott Wedgwood in his last game 
just not a good effort. And that's one of the things that Lindy Ruff was stressing about because that's not the overall effort we need in order to win games with one of our best players out. So Scott Wedgwood, uh, in his last game, he saw 27 shots. He saved 23 of them. He let up four goals, and he had a save percentage of 852. So, you know, like I said, not the best showing from Scott Wedgwood. Is it all of his fault that the New Jersey Devils lost against the Capitals? No, but he didn't really help their cause, and he just didn't look ready. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you're not going to step up, there's going to be someone else who will answer a call for us because we need to win games, and we will do it any way how to get those wins. So replacing Scott Wedgwood with Nico Dawes was the right move to do, in my opinion, because... Like I said, we need someone to step up. And I said it at the beginning of the year. If you're Lindy Ruff and you want to experiment with some things, you know, there are certain teams that give you the leeway to do that. So uh, I, I talked about the Buffalo Sabres, the Ottawa Senators being one of those few teams where you can like uh, experiment against because they're not the best team out there. But, you know, against a team like the Washington Capitals, usually you want to stick with what you know. And, you know, Lindy Ruff, at the end of the day, I'm sure he loves Nico Dawes and all, but he doesn't really know his game all that well. He, he knows Scott Wedgwood's game. He knows what Scott Wedgwood could potentially do because Scott Wedgwood led our team in shutouts last season, believe it or not. And like I said, Wedgwood stepped up his game when um, Corey Crawford abruptly retired and then when Mackenzie Blackwood had to go onto COVID protocol list. So he knows what Scott Wedgwood is potentially capable of doing despite Wedgwood, and let's just be polite about this, not exactly finishing off the season strong last year, if you know what I mean. So uh, Nico Dawes getting his NHL debut against the Buffalo Sabres, I believe was the right move from Lindy Ruff. And I think it came at the right possible time because it was just like, you know what, Scott Wedgwood, maybe you're not the guy to be our third string goalie. Maybe Nico Dawes is the person we need to look uh, at. And quite honestly, if Nico Dawes doesn't start in the next game against the Calgary Flames, then I'm really going to question what Lindy Ruff is doing in terms of just rotating his goalies. But like I said, we needed to give Scott Wedgwood a quote-unquote break after a not-so-stellar performance against the Washington Capitals. And I think, and this is just a theory, uh, so I believe that uh, Lindy Ruff really did want to give Nico Dawes a chance against the, uh, against the Washington Capitals, but... Uh, I, I guess he wasn't too confident in Dawes' ability against a stacked veteran team like the Capitals because they're, they're basically going to take advantage of every little mistake that the Devils make. And they're going to make you pay for it. They're going to put their foot on the gas pedal and they're not going to look back and they're going to throw all sorts of crap in more ways than one that you've never seen before because they are a championship caliber team despite not getting out the first round. Uh, in the last few years and the last time they made it out the first round is when they won the Stanley Cup Finals. So, you know, like I said, they're, they're elite competition for our standards. I'm not, you know, for the NHL standards, that's uh, totally debatable. That's up in the air. We, we've talked about them. We've talked about the Edmonton Oilers basically uh, struggling to get out the first round. And then, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are kind of the kings of not being able to get out of the first round because the last time they got out of the first round, I was uh, in kindergarten. But, you know, digressing a little bit, I'm just saying like, you know, against a team like the Washington Capitals, usually you want to stick to what you know. But I think Nico Dawes just getting his NHL debut, showing what he's capable of doing against a team like the Buffalo Sabres because I called them the lowly Sabres last season. I think it was the right move from Lindy Ruff. So, you know, like I said in Saturday's episode, Lindy Ruff, he, he's going to change some things up if he feels like it's going to benefit our team and speaking change things up let's look at the possible line combinations that the New Jersey Devils might be rolling with in their next matchup against the Flames so their top line will be Kwokinen, Heizer, and Sharon Govich okay Heizer basically stepping up into the role of the absence of Jack Hughes 
pretty much expected that. Like I said in the last game, I said I want Nico Heizer to basically assert himself and score the first goal for the Devils. And I, I held him to that challenge, and he capitalized on it. So Nico Heizer definitely deserves to be leading the tandem of Kolkanen and Sharon Govich just to get the most out of him. Like I said in the last episode, Sharon Govich what, sat down with Lindy Ruff and looked over film from last year of what made Sharon Govich so good. So hopefully Sharon Govich is, you know, you know, thirsting up that knowledge and just basically preparing himself for the next matchup because I really want to see Sharon Govich, not Sharon Govich, the assist maker, because we have a lot of those. That's what Quokin is out there for. I want to see Sharon Govich get his first goal of the year, and I think he can do that in the next game against Calgary. So the second line will be Zaka, Mercer, and Tatar. Tatar and Mercer finally being in the top six, like I've been saying for so long, they are meant to be top six players. Yes, Dawson Mercer's uh, point streak might have ended at three games, but I think Dawson Mercer still has a lot of lightning left in his bottle. I believe he's going to continue his great momentum moving forward. And I said, he deserves to be in the top six. He deserves to make an impact. And I think Dawson Mercer, if given the opportunity, he can do great things for this Devils roster. So keep an eye out for him in maybe not the next matchup, but the next couple of matchups, because I'm not really feeling too confident against uh, the Calgary Flames, if I'm being completely honest. Then you got Janssen, McLeod, and Brock for your third line. Okay, so Brock moving down to the bottom six. That's kind of uh, interesting, but I think they're just trying to shake things up. And then you got Gearson, uh, Gauthier, and then BC. And then for the defensive pairing, you got Smith and Hamilton. That's an interesting uh, top line combination. Then you got Graves and Severson, Siegenthaler and Subban. And then Dawes and Wedgwood for your goalies. So we've talked about the dynamic between Dawes and Wedgwood and why I believe Dawes will be starting in the next game for the Devils because I think he's earned it. But there's a few question marks like why is Brock moving down to the bottom six? Why is uh, Smith and Hamilton the top two defensive pairings for the New Jersey Devils? Why is Graves being moved down with Steverson? Like, what, what does that mean for the Devils? Well, I'll give you the explanation based on my perspective in a second. But first, I have to give you guys the second and final live read this morning. And it comes from Built Bar. So, did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies, and cream, German chocolate. You know my favorite flavor is? Well, I love coconut. So if you haven't tried all the flavors, you get it in a mixed box. We will get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasty protein bars ever, but they're super healthy as well. Check out these stats. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. So or today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is also the official sponsor of Coy LaJoy, who drives the number 7 for Spire Motorsports in the NASCAR Cup Series. So isn't that neat? So the offer is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so when looking at our next matchup against the Calgary Flames, I must be honest with you guys, I do have my concerns. I'll talk about that in a moment, but let's revisit the line combinations that Amanda Stein tweeted out. So one of the things that you might want to look at is the fact that Brat is now in the bottom six. Now, you're probably wondering, why is Brat in the bottom six? Why is Graves being moved down? Why is Smith being brought up? Why is Kwokinen and Sharon Govich now paired with Nico Heizer. Well, the answer to that is that Lindy Ruff is just trying to mix things up because 
you know, we're, we're down so many guys. We still are missing Jack Hughes. We're still missing Miles Wood. By the way, I have no update on Miles Wood. I have no update on Jack Hughes. But I do have an update on Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier. So Jonathan Bernier revealed that he got an injection to help with his lower body. He says that he's feeling much better, but I would not expect him to be playing tonight. And then for Mackenzie Blackwood, he finally got the vaccine. So he'll be allowed to travel with us to Canada, New York and also California, wherever they're having these strict uh, COVID mandates. And, you know, that's great to hear that we won't have them for like half a season. So right now for Blackwood, it's just uh, determining when his uh, heel rehab is going to be up and when he's going to be back on the ice. But that is subjective. But that's the only update I got on Blackwood and Bernier. So uh, I would expect Bernier to be uh, back soon. I would expect Mackenzie Blackwood to be back. I don't know. Like, if not now, maybe in a couple weeks. But we'll talk about that once I get more updates. Now, let's talk about uh, some of the decision-making from Lindy Ruff in this practice. Because, like I said, nothing is confirmed. Nothing is denied. This is just practice. But this is what the New Jersey Devils might be rolling with uh, against the Flames. So, when looking at Heizer, the fact that he's playing on the top line... Uh, with Sharon Govich and Kokkonen. He's trying to step into the role of Jack Hughes, which means he needs to be the one to assert himself on the offensive end. He needs to be the one to get our team going. Like I said in the last episode against the Sabres, he was able to do that by getting the first goal of the game and just getting uh, our team fired up. So he needs to do the same thing for Sharon Govich and Kokkonen because Kokkonen is looking for more offensive production and then Sharon Govich is looking for his first goal of the year. So maybe relying on someone like Nico Heizer will be good for them because Nico Heizer basically has to be like Jack Hughes in this case, which is you need to make the young guys around you better. So they're no longer surrounding uh, Heizer with veterans like Pavel Zaka and Jesper Brat, even though I, I say veterans loosely just because, you know, they're still relatively young themselves. But out of all the players on the team, they have the most experience. But, you know, like I was going back to, just uh, the fact that Nico Heizer has now been entrusted with Jack Hughes' overall role of just helping the young guys really shows a lot of faith in uh, our captain. And hopefully uh, he can ride that hot streak that he was carrying in the last game against the Sabres. So that's the main takeaway I take from there. And then for Mercer and Tatar, they deserve all the credit they can possibly get because you know, for Tatar, I just believe he is heavily slept on. He led the Montreal Canadiens in scoring a couple years ago. I said we signed Tatar to be a top six player. Why are we putting him in the bottom six? He's been setting up guys really well. And I believe if you just give him a bigger role, a bigger opportunity, the numbers will show for it. So uh, Tatar being in the top six and basically having three assists already, he's looking for his first goal of the year. Put him in the top six to get him some much needed uh, confidence and then uh, for someone like uh, Mercer, Mercer can, can continue his hot streak, and I just believe that Mercer is a special talent. He might not win the Calder Memorial Trophy, but still, we know how special he is to us and the kind of production that he can put up for the Devils. So the fact that Mercer is now in the top six along with Tatar uh, really goes to show that I was correct. Like, come on. You need to put both of those players in the top six. If not both of them, at least one of them. And I'm glad that both are now getting the opportunity they deserve. So the third line, Janssen, McLeod, and Brat. Uh, I think the main thing for Brat is that the, uh, Lindy Ruff is looking for more offensive production from him because we're four games in, guys, and he still does not have a single point on the board. No goal, no assist. So maybe moving him to the bottom six where he'll be more of a vocal point, maybe that'll help out with his confidence. But Jesper Brat being one of our top six guys, I, I thought that was never in question because I felt like that he, uh, Zaka, and Heizer meshed well together. But like I said, 
four games into the year. It's still relatively early, but Jesper Brat still does not have a single point. And that has to be a little concerning, but, you know, maybe you'd make those moves so that way you could get the offensive production from him uh, against a team like the Calgary Flames. Because, like I said, we need offense up and throughout our starting lineup. We can't just have it in one line and then maybe the uh, second line and then our bottom two lines just fail us. So we can't just get offensive production from the top six unit. We need it from the bottom six. So maybe moving an experienced top six player to the bottom six might help things in that regards. Maybe it'll help Jesper Brat finally get a point on the board for this season. But like I said, Jesper Brat has been kind of disappointing this year so far. But, uh, you know, like I said, still relatively early. A lot can happen. But I'm just expecting more from Brat, quite honestly. And now, uh, when we're looking at uh, the overall defensive unit, I think the biggest surprise is that uh, Smith will be uh, paired with Hamilton and then Graves will be paired with Severson. So in terms of offensive production from our defensemen, uh, Graves and Severson are actually top on the board. So Severson has three points this year in three games played. And then Ryan Graves has three points in four games played. And Ryan Graves is actually leading our team in plus minus with plus four. So you could think of it as Ryan Graves getting demoted, but here's what I think of it as. We're just trying to even it out. So like we got Severson and we got Graves together. They're going to work well together. Then you got Smith coming off the uh, injured reserve list. And then you got Dougie Hamilton. We're trying to uh, just wait for him to get another goal, another assist, just basically pad his numbers a little bit. So the fact that we're just mixing it up a little bit is kind of interesting. And like I said, Smith can rely on Hamilton. Hamilton can rely on Smith because for Smith, I said in the last episode, I said, don't expect Smith to make an impact right away because he didn't play in a single scrimmage matchup, nor did he appear in training camp. So I said for Smith, let's just be patient. Let's keep our expectations uh, moderate and we'll see how it works out for him. But, you know, for Smith and Hamilton, I kind of like that pairing because like I said, they can rely on each other to get each other going. And then you got the two best defensemen in terms of overall production currently with Graves and Severson. And like I said, against a team like the Calgary Flames, you really need to just switch it up a little bit and you need to get production all throughout your lineup. You can't just have one line dominating and expect to win against Calgary Flames. It's not going to work. That could work against the um, the, the Chicago Blackhawks, but that's not going to work here. So when looking at our next matchup against the Calgary Flames, I do have my concerns, and here's why. Because I'm looking at Elias Lindholm, Johnny Goodrow, Andrew Mangiapane, uh, the former devil, Blake Coleman, and then also you can't sleep on someone like Matthew Kachuk, even though he only has two points in the first five games. I'm just seeing that the Flames are kind of on a roll right now, and they just beat the Rangers by a score of 5-1, to one, and then uh, Mangiapane scored uh, two goals in that game. So you know they're kind of riding that hot streak, and Blake Coleman is going to continue to keep on shooting. He had eight shots on goal in the last game against the Rangers. So when I'm just looking at this Flames, it's just like, oh boy, this might be a challenge for the Devils because let's look at some of their uh, last matchups, shall we? So you're probably going to say to yourself, Trey, they played teams like the Red Wings and the Ducks. Their competition hasn't been that good. Well, I'm looking at their last couple of games against the Capitals and the Rangers in which they beat the Capitals in OT by a score of 4-3 to three, uh, this past Saturday. And then they beat the Rangers yesterday by a score of 5-1. to one. So that's something I'm a little concerned about, which is I'm not saying the Calgary Flames are like, you know, elite of the elite, but I'm just saying that they're kind of on a hot streak right now and we might be in the middle of that hot streak. So we might have just caught them at the wrong possible time. And I don't think we're the type of team to neutralize uh, the Calgary Flames, especially with the players that we have out. We don't have Jack Hughes. We don't have Miles Wood. We don't have Blackwood. We don't have Bernier. So 
uh, and we're going to have Nico Dawes most likely starting for us. So th my concerns are is like, can we neutralize some of their players? Because I'll list them again. So you got uh, Lindholm who has seven points in five games. He has six goals and one assist. And then Goodrow has seven assists in five games played. Uh, Manjapeni has five goals. And like I said, he scored two goals in their last uh, game against the uh, Rangers. And then you got Blake Coleman. You can't really sleep on him. And then what if Matthew Kachuk finally gets it going against us? So my thing is, is like, I think we're catching them at the wrong possible time. So uh, my overall prediction for the Devils is that I don't think they're going to get the job done. I, I like what Lindy Ruff is doing, which is switching up the lineup a little bit and trying to get uh, you know, scoring up and down uh, the, the lineup. So like I said, in, in terms of just moving Jesper Brat to the bottom six or having Sharon Govich and Kwokinen, uh be paired alongside Nico Heizer or moving Mercer and Tatar up to the top six as well. I like those moves. I also like the pairing of uh, Ryan Graves and Damon Severson and also just trying to get Ty Smith and Dougie Hamilton going with one another. I like that strategy from Lindy Ruff and also I like what Nico Dawes did in his last game against the Sabres but I just don't think it's going to get the job done against the Calgary Flames. Like I said, I think we're just going to catch them at the wrong possible time and with the team that we have right now, we're, we're just not at full strength and I just don't really see us beating the Calgary Flames or if we are going to beat them it's not going to be easy I think our best case scenario if we want to get a point out of that is to send it into OT and you know hope for the best but uh, my overall prediction for this game is that the Devils will come out on the losing end and I say the Calgary Flames are going to beat us four to one and the person to score a goal for the New Jersey Devils, I'm going to say Dougie Hamilton because that's my player to look out for in the next game because I said at the beginning of the show, Dougie Hamilton, uh, his first goal of the year against the Chicago Blackhawks got us talking about him because he scored it within the first 17 seconds. But ever since then, he's kind of gone a little quiet and he did get an assist the last game. But like I said, that was completely unintentional and Nico Heizer was just there at the right possible time to get the rebound and just knock it on in. So Dougie Hamilton is my player to look out for. But let me know what you guys think. What do you think about the debate between Nico Dawes and Scott Wedgwood? What do you think of Lindy Ruff just shaking up the line combinations a little bit? And what do you think of my overall prediction against the Calgary Flames? Because like I said, I don't think it's going to end well for us. And I just think that uh, we're just going to be in the middle of their hot trick. I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm not trying to be a pessimist. But, you know, this is my job. I can't say that we're going to win every game. Because like I said on Twitter, no team has gone 82-0. And no team ever will. So I think in this next matchup against the Calgary Flames, we'll be on the losing end. So we'll see what happens. But... Uh, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils, and let's see what they could do against the Calgary Flames tonight.